When life makes you uncomfortable, there's nothing like comfort food to save the day. Like my $4.99 sourdough patty mel combo. You get 100% beef with grilled onions and two types of melty cheese on toasted sourdough, plus fries and a drink. And at $4.99, it's the perfect remedy for the most uncomfortable things in life. Like close talkers, flying in the middle seat, tight pants, crowded elevators, clowns, and guys named Ronald. There's just something about that name. For comfort food at an even more comfortable price, try my $4.99 sourdough patty mel combo. Only at Jack in the Box. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Small fries and small drink. McCad and my co-host. I'm L.A. Wade, and I'm going to welcome you all into the elephant room. Um, today was a topic that always strikes a chord with people because it's something that doesn't even need an explanation. It's something that we talk about um, that we don't talk about, we more so experience. And so the point of this conversation is to bring some conversation to, you know, lend support to fellow black individuals who are going through different experiences in their life where they feel like they need to wear a mask or silence themselves in a particular way just to fit in and move forward. So um, welcome all of you into the room. It was nice to have you, Tony and Ryan and Shannon and Kinte. Um, Sonia, I hope you come back online soon and we welcome everybody who's going to be logging in and looking at it through youtube and all of those wonderful mediums so to get started i wanted to ask a question about you know where do the masks show up for you in your lives um and i'll start that the conversation by saying my own one of the first places i recognized it was at my workplace and mm -hmm. i tell the story about how when i finished grad school I I started working at a place that was all white females and um, we had a staff meeting because it was a three month contract and they were going to extend me if I wanted it. And this woman said to me in the meeting that she's afraid of me. And <laughs> I don't know, like, I guess I can be scary, but I, I, I don't typically just come off as scary. I don't think uh, <laughs> Um, maybe there's something I need to grow on. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. So um, I recognize that and I, I wanted to be able to, come on in, Jason. We wanted to be able to talk about um, how, how, how it is that I could scare someone so badly and what was I doing in that space. I inst I when they asked me to extend my contract, I said, no, thank you. I don't want to work with people who I scare. Um, and it was after that that I left and I got the job at the University of Toronto. But that was my coming right out of grad school. Is like, I'm scaring these white women that I was working with just by being. Can anyone relate? <laughs> like, I mean, even to add to, to, um, to your experience, I think even for myself, I think it's only recently. <laughs> we can see you, In the Jay. background, you can see our our. our friend Jason, the owner of um, Spread Love, spread love Clothing. That's an amazing <laughs> clothing line called Spread Love. He's crawling through back, which is okay. <laughs> but um, for, for myself personally, I think it's, though I've been aware of what it is, uh, what respectability politics and identity politics are, I think I recently just actually came into terms of seeing how they manifest in my, in my life. Um, I mean, for me, it's like there's um, this thing called, I guess, the nice guy syndrome. It's <laughs> basically, and which is um, doing all these little things to kind of basically, I guess, um, belong. So um, for me, I, I just noticed that it's much more so 
so at, at work watching the way like i would speak because i moved um from the bronx new york to ottawa and when i when i first moved i had a strong um new york accent because he doesn't have one now <laughs> <laughs> and then so they at that time like i had a role i had a job that that entailed me talking to clients over the phone and for some reason uh, my accent it would basically push a lot of potential clients away so i was actually pulled to the side and addressed that or oh, maybe um you could try talking um a bit slower or maybe uh you know you could just you know talk a certain way like this present like this so like even those experiences back then it still didn't sink in that that's what it was that i had to come, like um adjust myself and conform to a certain way of being so mm-hmm. that way i can um you know so that, so that way i could belong and get income so i could survive so like i think that's when it first showed up for me yeah mm-hmm. um i wasn't told at work that i scare anyone um <laughs> this, is, this is the first work experience where i've been the only person of color mm. across the board um from board directors all the way down i am the only one um wow. and that has been I mean, my living experience in and of itself is just different, but that has been very, very cautious, very careful, very calculated. Um, Not that I've had to dummy down who I am or change my persona, but you know, sometimes you go into places and you're like, I can't portray the angry black woman today, (laughs) even though y'all piss me off (laughs) because you already have that stereotype of me. Um, so I have to gently and kindly and cotton swab my emotions. Um, and sometimes I just want to be like, um, well, I did say to my boss, and this was last year, I believe, I was like, I am, sometimes I find it difficult in my settings to be the only person of color. And she was like, wow. I didn't even think about that. And I said, you wouldn't have to. You're a white woman. Mm. So you were Um, able to do that to her. Yep. Mm. Um, And when I was sharing this with someone in my family, they were like, oh my gosh, did she like have a heart attack, a meltdown? Yeah, how did she react to that? Um, She, she, when I said, because you're a white woman, I mean, there was really nothing she could say. It was a fact. And it wasn't said in malice or ill intent. It was just stated matter of factly. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay attention to the fact that you are a white woman walking into a white room. You don't have to. Right. I do. And not that. Can we cuss? Yeah, of I course you can. I just had Not like, I mean, I'm going to keep it kind of on the calmer mm. side. It's not like I give a damn. Mm. Half the time, anyway. Um, mm. But because of who I am, I I do try to be mindful of what I portray and what I present in all um, circles. Mm. Um, but again, because this is my first experience where I am the only one, it's yeah. difficult. And I'm just like you, LA. They're all women. And my right. mom tells me all the time, women, they so... I mean, we can be so um, insecure and jealous and cutthroat to each other. Right. 
people, I don't speak for all black women. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. So my my upbringing is so far different than a lot of even my friends. Right. And that's a whole nother ball game when you're in the workplace. And then I'm in upper management. So clients that I work with, when they find out my title, they're like, you're a manager? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get that. We, we can do that. I want to keep talking about that, but I just want to acknowledge Fraser. Hi, Fraser. Hi, well, Fraser. Hi. How you doing? Nice to have you. Are there places in your life where you where you wear a mask? Uh, oh, hey, okay. There's places where I wear a mask. A mask. I tend not. I, I I don't really do that. But I thought it's but um, I've seen many people who do wear masks. You can usually tell them quite easily. Really. Um, you can usually tell people who wear masks, you hide behind the mask, I'm okay. Um, and I, in the day, I've learned in life, if you, if you, people don't accept you for who you are, well, you don't have to, don't hang around with me, don't be with me. Uh, in the day, it's been, I, 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 I recently I connected with Shannon on Facebook and stuff, and I, I mean, I uh, used, I did a radio show on a Christian radio station, I did podcasting, but also Kinty has known me for a while through uh, the former platform Blab and stuff. But uh, I, I'm from Scotland, so uh, but I rebranded my podcast recently to, I like to help people, I like to connect people to where I am in the UK, helping bring people what they do or their brand over to Scotland that they would have never had the opportunity before. Uh, and I like to hear their stories or their background, where they've come from, uh, if they've been from, come from nothing to become some something, uh, but they might have gone through some challenges in life, and by just by hearing their story, it will inspire others, and I want to inspire people. And now I'm doing a, aiming to do a collaboration to, with two others, is to start something ourselves, another uh, a radio station, which will cover one brand in three countries to make it more prominent and more bigger, successful, and uh, to help people and inspire. And I love interviewing people. I interview people from America, Scotland, England, Canada, and I don't know what they are. I just want to hear their story. Right. It's fun, it's fun and it's exciting because everybody's been through a different walk and it's interesting to listen because they've come from a, a horrible time in their life, even people who want to commit suicide, uh, and, and now they've cha- and how they've changed it around. And that's... And it's been, yeah, you yeah, raise a good point. Yeah, you raise a good point about the uh, mental health aspect of what happens behind the mask. So how many times can I stop being who I am to make other people feel comfortable? And then what is that going to do to me on the inside? I don't know how diverse of a workforce you work in, Fraser, but do you have people of color around you? Well, I, well, I've I, I've got more black friends probably than white friends because. Talk about their experience of changing up the, the way. Well, they- I, I well when I say uh, people I work, I'm actually self-employed. I run a cleaning business. I clean homes and offices. I've been self-employed for ten years, uh, coming up this year. So, uh, in September, so uh, I've I've had people working for me. I deal well majority of my. <laughs> ex-girlfriends have been of black origin which just kind of proves that I've got to kind of, kind of go down a, a bit of a route but uh, it's just I, 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 I've got lots of black friends, I love how main, it's more over here, it's, it's more the African culture over here probably than obviously in America so it's like mm. there's lots of uh, different parts of Africa and things I, mm. I've worked with a lot of people uh, and I constantly I mean just 
I've got a community built up uh, on Facebook through people I just kind of connect with, mm-hmm. and I just I was passing business to some a guy called Curtis uh, Brooks who's in who's in uh, Texas, and I was passing in business from two people in Scotland, uh, and and I was passing somebody else in in the Bahamas. I'm saying, listen here, passing business. I just love passing, mm-hmm. doing networking and connecting people, and I'll sit here and I'll think, well, listen, I want you to connect with this person, that person, even though you're in America. Oh, so you're connected. Like, yeah, I love connecting people. I was sitting and say, listen, you've got business. Awesome. You can do business amazing. together. And I love helping people. I love just doing what I'm doing because I just interviewed a story you might like is uh, one of my recent podcasts, a guy from called Darren King, who I just interviewed. And uh, he, he was obviously, he, he does fitness, but he was talking about how he is about, it's about healing yourself from the inside out and how he changed his life and how he, what he, his journey and what he does now. So, um, but I interview. I just enjoy interviewing people. It's good fun. It's, mm. I, I guess in Scotland they don't yeah. like to stay on topic. Yeah. About what it is that you yeah. have noticed about your own experience yeah. um, in regards to My... respectability politics. Sorry, say it again. Uh, Kinte. Oh, sorry, Kinte. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, as far as wearing a mask, I, I don't wear, I, maybe this has hurt me in the past, but I try to be the same Kente in every room. And so what that does sometimes is like, so what I, what I'll say to you guys in this room, I'll say in any other room, I'm always the same person. I try to stay the same. And so I haven't, I haven't worn a lot of masks or whatever. Uh, I've worked, I've, for the most part in my life, I've always been self-employed. You know, I have worked on different jobs and stuff, but I've mainly been self-employed. So I've always had the fortune, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate to be able to keep with myself because I control my own destiny. Right. So that's one of those things that allows you to be yourself. A lot of times when you got to count on somebody else for your paycheck, that's when you have to wear a mask and tap dance and, and shuck and jive and all of that. So that's why I try. That's why I, I, I think it's important, not just for, you know, just being who you are, but for you for so I can look at myself in the mirror, you know, just to be myself. And I haven't been under that pressure, really, to have to be someone else. Have there, been, have there been places where you've gone where you you can tell that they they expected you to be a certain way? Oh, all the time. Then, yeah. What can you give me an example? All, of all that? the time, all the time. I'll tell you. There's one time though. Before I get to that, where you unfortunately have to wear a mask. That's when you get pulled over by the cops because you know what you How really want to say might get you killed. So <laughs> that's when you got to kind of do a little tap dance. But, um, yeah. uh, yeah, I've been many times where I've, where I, I had like a position or something where, uh, they sent me in and for some reason you would think by my name, they would know I was black. But when I got there, <laughs> they were like, oh, this is young black guy. Uh, I'm like, you should have known by my name. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's too many white guys with name Kente, but, but, uh, I've been in situations where they, where people thought I was going to be some somebody else or something else or something like that. So, you know, um, it, 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 it's, it always makes me laugh. Uh, 
because I'd be like, surprise, it's not who you think it is, you know, <laughs> coming in that door. So I didn't always have to be negative. I remember when I first moved to California and it was in Marin County and people, when I would speak to them, they would say, oh, you're so articulate. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I want to say, what the F does that mean? <laughs> but yeah, I get that. You know, I know what they mean. Uh, yeah. I'm actually I'm interested. Like earlier before the show, you were talking about the video that was online today about the NFL player that um he has. So he's with a, a Caucasian lady, and um, in the video, you see them. Uh, you, uh, you see them sharing to the fact that the baby's light skin. So he's a dark skin brother saying, "Share some more light skin. Share some more light skin babies and stuff." So. Something like that, I actually wonder, like, um, how that experience, how something like that is experienced. For example, um, Shannon, and then then after after that, Fraser, I want to I want to know when you come across situations like that, how it's experienced from um, your perspective. Well, they don't know they don't know what it looks like. Okay. So, talking, are you talking, are you talking, about, you're talking about mixed race, mixed race kids, you mean? Yes, they're mm-hmm. saying, so there's a bunch of black NFL players sitting around the table, and all of them have uh, either a white wife or a white girlfriend, and they're celebrating the birth of one of them having a child. And the, the, the salute says, cheers to having more light-skinned kids. That's what they're all cheering around the table. That's what they're yeah. saying. There's a there's a lot of white there's a lot of mixed race kids over here. I see these days there's probably more now than there used to be. Uh, you do get a lot of I mean on right. Um, you do. I think it's that on a there's two scales here. You'll see there's a lot. What I've seen in one hand, I've seen a lot of guys of black origin who have been dating white women, but it's usually with the base. Well, there's a lot of and it's maybe not as bad now because it's a bit, things are a bit stricter but it was basically it was visa hunters basically get married have kids and get your get your papers and then disappear after two years that kind of thing uh, but obviously you know, there's a lot of my 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 i my um but that's can happen and it's just usually a fact I've, it has seen it it's a shame that you tend to have the single white mum with the kid basically the mixed race can you see how they might be talking about Light-skinned kids are better than black-skinned kids, darker-skinned mm-hmm. kids? Uh, Do you see that say, or no? No, I, mean, I think it's different over here. I don't mean, nobody's really, I wouldn't say any better. I think it's just, I mean, um, I mean, I think in general. Would you be open to considering that if that was the case, how, how that might impact other people? To mm-hmm. think that lighter I, means better? Not really. It's, I, I think it's maybe because it's maybe because they're trying to gauge it toward, it's almost maybe a, I think it's almost like a. Is it not like a? It sounds very much like a. a I'm going to say the word racist slur. Almost, it's almost like a derogatory. It's disregarding your own. So if you're if they're saying that the white kid, the lighter skin gets more is better than your own race, it's like you saying you're is better than your own race. I think, hang on a minute, you're almost like you're, you're slating your own color, your own heritage, and that's like, well, why? why it's kind of weird. So I think it's very. I think it's almost like they're being. It sounds like it's almost a bit of racism to their own culture, yeah. even though it sounds like. Well, there's no difference. It's a, it's a mixed. It's mix. You get many mixed. You, it doesn't matter whether they're white. It can be black or it can be Indian. It can be a mixed. 
uh, from your different cultures, it doesn't matter really. In the day, oh, it's no, nobody's better. Matters. I think it is. Right. Matters. And Shannon, I'm just curious about. Um, thank you, Fraser, for your, your comments. Mm -hmm. um, what you're describing is a type of internalized racism. But before we get into internalized racism, I just wonder, Shannon, what comes up for you when you look at that or hear what we're saying about that situation? I mean, we dealt with um, that whole light skin, dark skin epidemic dilemma battle um, for as far back as we've been brought over to these Americas. Mm -hmm. I mean, the light-skinned women or people were given the best jobs in Master's house. Um, and the dark-skinned women were only good enough to birth the children. Um, <laughs> and that then moved into the brown paper bag theory right. um, and set up a classism amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, me personally, I've always been dark skinned. Um, oh, actually, I was darker skinned in my single digit years. I don't know if that was just how that worked out or correct of being a sun child, but um, and I've always embraced my dark skin. I've never saw it as a threat or in competition to someone who is light-skinned. Um, and I think sometimes that speaks to a level of ignorance, um, almost a, 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 an ideal of superiority, um, that statement on that video. Um, not that there's nothing wrong, because there's nothing wrong with having a light-skinned child, mm -hmm. but your child is no more precious than a dark-skinned child, than a white child, than an Asian child, than any other child. Um, so for me, and me and my girlfriends talk about this all the time. Matter of fact, one of my girlfriends had just mentioned to me that she hates when men come to her, and usually they're African-Americans, and say, I never date a black woman, but I date you. Oh, she gets a pass. Right. There's a, there's a lot going on there. That's a, that's a lot going on there. Like, um... So there are so many things in our culture mm -hmm. that boil down to what side. Like people, you see those memes where people be like, oh, this is light skin season or team black, uh, dark skin. It's like, y'all all black. I don't understand. <laughs> Who cares? You're like y'all all get pulled over. White women still clutch their purses if you a man, light skin or dark skin, it don't matter. Half of y'all still get followed around in the mall thinking somebody thinking you're gonna steal something, light skin or dark skin, don't matter. So there is no superiority. We've created that amongst ourselves. We've infiltrated that idea as if it's something real when it's not. But do you Neither not think that darker skin people have a harder time than lighter skinned black people? Oh, I don't care what nobody say. I'm the shiz naive. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. So yes. Light skin, dark skin, middle skin, whatever you want to call them. So you, I mean, you now good. You have a good sense of self. Maybe if there's mm -hmm. somebody that is going to see the rebroadcast of this, what what is it that you tap into to get that confidence? Because I've met so many dark skinned black girls mm -hmm. that are having a lot of pain. Okay. And the light-skinned black girls are not having the same kind of pain. So there's something I, that we're not talking I, about. 
I don't. My mom always says she does not know where she got me from. <laughs> I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up with someone feeding me constantly. You are beautiful, or feeding me constantly that your skin is great. Mm-hmm. What I did get and what I did gather from my childhood was that I was loved. Mm-hmm. But what I grew into was an appreciation of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, identifying that I am worthy, that I am enough. Because I was bullied in terms of, and I'm not really bullied, picked on, because up until the sixth grade, I was the tallest person in my school because um, the boys hadn't reached their puberty yet. I was already in a bro. Um, I'd already started my uh, womanhood, and you know what I'm talking about, LA. Yeah. I mean, you'll catch me. I got you. Um, and I was one of the darkest um, black girls on the playground. So I got picked on for so many different things that you can only either A, create a wall around it or grow in spite of it. And for me, I knew who I was. I valued who I was. And I wasn't going to let anybody discount me because they didn't like that I was too tall, that I had boobs, that I was too dark in their eyes. And I think when we start to speak to ourselves and start to honor our own spirits and Mm -hmm. start to uplift who we are, not what people say we are, because that's a lie, Um, but start to give... um, honor and value to ourselves, whether that's a daily affirmation, whether that's pinpointing one thing that you truly love about yourself. Um, Because yes, I'm a flawed individual, but let some knucklehead or some hater come up to me and say something to the contrary of what I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm not about to entertain that. I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm Mm -hmm. gifted. I just also happen to be black and dark skinned. But mm-hmm. I am all of those things, not because of those things. Because I hate when people say, oh, you're cute for a dark-skinned girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm just cute, period. Yeah, you're just cute. Actually, I'm, yeah. I'm actually interested. Um, Tony, thank, thanks for joining the conversation. So, um, so yeah. Wait, Shannon, don't leave. So, I have to ask you something else, but go ahead. I'm not doing anything. Ellie, I forgot the name of your friend there. What's your What's your friend's name? Boogie. Boogie, Boogie, Boogie. Hey. Hey, what's up, bro? So, um, well, so I, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, Boogie. Go, go ahead. So, I was um, wondering, as a Caucasian person, do you see the politics of, like amongst us? Um, I guess if you have African um, descendant friends and everything, you see the 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 fight between Team Dark Skin and Team Light Skin, and like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I kind of wanted to bring it a little bit more on a personal side as far mm-hmm. as uh, health and politics goes. And it does it does fall into play here because it, there's a lot of similarities. I have to wear a lot of masks every day, mm-hmm. mainly because I have uh, I have type one diabetes and cerebral palsy and a bunch of other health problems and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um. I have to bring a lot. I have to wear a lot of masks in my life, especially since. Let, let me show you something. This is an insulin pen. Mm-hmm. That's insulin mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. This is uh this is the thing I prick my my finger with, so I can mm-hmm. check my my glucometer with a glucometer right there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the way I'm showing the reason I showed you that real quick mm-hmm. is because uh, that is one of the masks that I have to wear constantly. When I go out to a restaurant, mm-hmm. 
when mm-hmm. I go out to a bookstore, when I go out in public, and people mm-hmm. see me with these things, they mm-hmm. instantly think either one, I'm doing drugs, doing street mm-hmm. drugs, legal drugs, something like that, mm-hmm. or uh, it, it's uh, or I'm dealing drugs, mm-hmm. and and uh, a lot of people are very offensive to the point of why'd you have to take that shot in front of me? You know, it's very disgusting. You know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, or, and, and, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, I have to really explain to people. I'm like, look, this is a problem that I have. I have type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. I have to take this stuff to live. <laughs> and so sometimes I have to do it in public. I try and do to stand afterward. Do, do do what? Do they understand afterward and, and empathize with you? They they do. They they do. Mm. Um, most of the time yeah. they do. And that's but a lot of times, a lot of times they're just like, "Yeah, but did you have to do that in front of me? That's disgusting." I, I, you know, mm. I, I don't know. I, I get, but, they're not used to seeing that. But the beautiful thing is, mm-hmm. at the, after explaining that situation to you to them. Yeah. They have a sense of understanding, whereas yeah, I don't they, have the i the I don't even get the opportunity to explain that I'm yeah. actually not these stereotypes that you're assuming that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry. I'm actually a really loving, beautiful person, mm-hmm. and you can't ascribe to me who you think I am, and then silence me so that I can internalize an idea that there's something wrong with me. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to go through life not being who you are and only being what people expect from you. Yeah. <laughs> says I'm so angry. <laughs> well, you know, and it's the same for, for other, other issues in my life. You know, I have other health problems and, you know, I have to wear orthopedic braces on my, on my shoes and, and uh, diabetic shoes. And uh, sometimes people see them and they're like, well, what's the deal with those? Why, why do you have to wear those? What's, you know, what, you know, and, and it, it does fit into what, you're talking about here mainly for the fact that it is a it is a mask that I have to hide all the time. I have to uh, uh, sometimes, you know, literally explain to people, uh, managers of restaurants or or uh, uninformed people. Look, and I'm that's a- just one aspect of who you are, and that's yeah. uh, and that's not all of who you are. And actually, yeah. I, I want to show. Um, I thank you so much for that, um, Tony. I want to share this um, experience that I had growing up when I was younger. So I am of um, African descent um, from Ghana, right? And when I was growing up, I remember like there was a time in my high school career where, um, high school career, <laughs> in my <laughs> high school life, where um, like for some reason, part of my face was getting lighter and lighter. And then um, I come to find out that the lotion that, that I was using was actually a bleaching cream. And so basically, mm-hmm. and and so basically, like um, f- for myself, that um, aspect for myself. So when I basically noticed that about myself, other people around me as well noticed that that basically my, my face is getting lighter while my hands are dark. So then, um, what that basically like uh, they made me feel as like uh, there was a bit of confusion. So when I got I got home, I'd ask like my mom and, and my brother, "Yo, like what's what's going on here? Like what's up with this lotion?" And then like my mom, she basically like she would always encourage. Um, she said, "You know," she said, "Papa, you know, 
you have to look presentable when you go out. She's African. That's why I'm doing that voice. So yeah, you have to look presentable. You know, you have to look good. When people see you, like they will like they they see you good. And for me, at that point in my life, like uh, there was like an understanding that lighter seems to be better. And mm. and so for me, that aspect it had me thinking a lot. Then like I started reach like seeing that happen all around me, like towards like other like other Africans as well, and then also like in in our um, in the way that certain Black Americans would behave, which was basically um out here things like. Hey, you're talking white. Uh, you're talking too ghetto. And so then, like, it was almost as if, like, unconsciously, I was partaking in this um, in this way of being. Whereas now, it's my behavior and my looks and everything. It had to follow a certain pattern in order for me to be acceptable. For example, my my mom, they like, basically like uh, wanted me to look a bit lighter, so that way I would have an easier time in in the world. So when I see a video like um, "Cheer to More Light Skin Babies," that for me as, as a dark skin male, sometimes it could really scare me. It scares me not 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 because I'm against you know like anything. Like I'm all for love. However, though, when, when I sit back and I look at society in in general, I see so primarily the, the great big like um and I think in two two shows ago we called it the great gender divide between black yeah. women and black men. And I see like this separation where it's like, we've gotten to a point where we actually don't like ourselves as, as, as black people, like for, for a lot of black people. And that's very disheartening. Cause I mean, yes, cheers to like more babies, not just you no know, light skin and dark skin and dark skin. Cheers to more babies, but it's so acceptable, it's so easy for people to basically make light skin babies and, and like for me, like, like I wonder how that experience is experienced by my Caucasian um, counterparts. Like when you hear stories like that, when you hear stories about uh, basically why um, black people. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Fraser. I've seen that a lot actually. I, well, actually, an ex-girlfriend. They seem to like, for some reason it's weird, and the, you do see a lot of stories. A lot of white people want women, women mainly probably mainly women. Want to become more darker or tanned because they're just they're like they're walking, they look like they're walking dead, or they've just it takes they go sunbathing, it takes them a week to get white because they'll start off blue because they're so that's right kind of thing. But no, it's um, sorry, it's a Scottish joke, apologies. Uh, so, uh, but no, but they do want to be more darker, and there was that German woman mm-hmm. or something who constantly got injections mm-hmm. into her, now she's literally known mm-hmm. as black to darken her skin, mm-hmm. and I, I do, you do get a lot of uh black women using bleach cream and to lighten themselves up and you wonder why crumbs you're being I don't see I don't see the craze. I suppose there's a lot of, it's just weird. I, I don't understand why you'd want to be under understand maybe for us, maybe for white guys or people who live in a there's not much sun going on, it's a bit chilly. You might want a mm-hmm. bit of nice bit of tan, a bit of colour, you're going to holiday great. And you look mm-hmm. good, you need to look healthy you feel a bit healthier, but I don't under Obviously, it's it's a weird thing how it's the kind of a bit across. People want to look darker, get a tan, they're constantly bathing. Well, I hate to say this, and it might be opening up a whole yes, big can of worms here, but um, I and and I hate to say this because I'm not going to name any names because some people if if some people watch this, Girl free with it, yes. yeah, I'm not going to name any names because if people watch this and they see it, they're like, okay, you you have just 
destroyed her future career. Uh-huh. Um, but but uh, one of the big problems is uh, uh, the entertainment business, entertainment mm-hmm. industry. Um, it, it has really, uh, and, and pop culture in general, um, pop culture and the entertainment business has really put a, a damper on the way that people think, the way people act, um, and it's really put stereotypes as far as as how how white people should be white, how black people should be black, how how Caucasians should be you know Caucasians, how how all the nerds and the geeks should be nerds and geeks, and how you know it 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 really does. I mean, look at every movie, every television show that you do. You have one specific kind of character for every little subset, and you you. Uh, does that make sense where I'm going? What no, I'm no, it, it, it does. It does. And and um, one thing that actually um, I'm noticing because they they so to kind of a bit touch on what Fraser was um was saying earlier, so they the understand they the not understanding why they basically like um like black people would want to be a bit lighter, you know, and like um and how I mean when you look around, a lot of basically like Caucasians want to go tan and everything. It's because like to, to your point, um, Tony's. For the longest time in media and just in our mindsets, it was not basically that wasn't the case. It wasn't shown that a lot of people would want to associate with blackness. So for a lot of black people, like that, that mindset, it basically like made people internalize the fact that you know what? Hey, maybe my big lips are not nice. Maybe them big hips are not um, something that, that that's welcomed. So like I think it's a societal um, influence. That has yeah. basically created yeah. like this narrative of how black wasn't always beautiful. As to like now, it seems like all of a sudden, out the woodworms, everybody wants to celebrate blackness. While for the longest time, when you look at um, well, African history, like people of African descent were enslaved, which is part of like the like, the narrative that we often push a lot. And because of um, the enslavements of uh, that, what that along with that is basically. It was tagged along with every um, tagline of like you are less, like your skin tone is is is, is not good, your features are not good, your intelligence, and so the degradation of um, a, a lot of melanated people over centuries of time, you know, like it brings forth a lot of ideologies of like you are less. So I think that's basically like what like um, contributes to people wanting to be white. Was as um, conversely, for some reason, it's weird. The same group of people that seem to be doing, like, to be doing this degradation now, is trying to tan, or you know, like, like you see a lot of different relationships, which is great. Love is a beautiful thing. I think it's because they compartmentalize blackness. They take mm. the parts of blackness that they like, mm-hmm. and then they want to adopt that into their own cultural makeup. But at the same time, they're disenfranchising those other aspects of black people so that they can't have a proper quality of life. They, they we are still in some ways treated mm. as if we aren't human beings. Mm. And so they want the, color, the booty, the lips and everything, but they don't want the struggle. They want our rhythm, but they cannot tolerate our blues. I do I I understand. I I just want to be really cognizant of the fact that this space is to talk about the taboo and unspoken topics that are impacting Mm -hmm. the Black community. Mm -hmm. And while I appreciate 
the concerns and the, the point mm -hmm. of views of our white guests in the room, which I, mm -hmm. I welcome you to be mm -hmm. a part of. Mm -hmm. I do want to see if there's any other people of color who would I like will, to be in the room. I'll stay there. Just quickly, my, my, my niece said... Uh, oh, sorry, Tony. So, I was just going to say my so, niece. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say guys. Don't fight over yeah. me. It's okay. <laughs> uh, just quickly, I'll jump out. My, my niece, uh, who she for some reason has got fake tan on gal galore, and you see her when obviously the face, you take the makeup off, it's like it must be, it's just a teenage culture. Her hands are almost like orange. I thought, for good grief, it's like what? And she's like, she'll be 17 this year. And she walks around looking like a. Glow in, the, glow in the dark, and it's like because of all the fake tan, because it's just the it's the culture of the teenage. It's what it's the kind of what they or they all tan themselves up and just uh, want to be darker. And I thought, like, okay, you're more like orange, like a walking orange. Yes, yes. I'll, 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 I'll jump out. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Fraser. Yeah, Thanks I was just going to say I was going to hop out. I, I want to give a shout out to all the people that are in the room. I can't see everyone yeah. um, on my right side, but I can see those who have mm -hmm. made a comment. So I just want to welcome, I think there's someone named Bet, mm -hmm. Don, um, Carter, Carter uh, Dr. Vibe. Yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to those people. I know that um, somebody had made a reference to being in the room before. Yes, and, and there's a spot that just opened up, so um, please feel free to, to grab to grab um, a spot. And I think it was a card, or not, or maybe um. Yeah, there was somebody talking about their work experience. Yes, I think it was um, uh, it Carter. Was a, yeah, it was a bit there. Um, Why bit. is it that every other race believes that they? are entitled but black people are expected to make the adjustment to appease all other races every every <laughs> part of our life everything we do regardless it's not just the workplace it's everywhere yeah um we all i don't know if you guys yes continue i don't know if you guys saw uh cory booker the guy who's running for president, uh, the black yes. guy, uh, 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 <laughs> on the he was on the Breakfast Club. Yeah, and stuttering. they asked him it's specifically. By the way, huh? There's nothing wrong with stuttering. You just you know, there's things that make people stutter. They, yeah. they they asked him specifically. They asked him specifically what he was gonna do to help the black community, and that's mm -hmm. when he his ass started stuttering yeah, and exactly. saying, uh, uh, uh. yeah. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? And every other community, he can tell you specifics is what he's going to do and all this. But when it comes, mm -hmm. and that's what all these politicians, when it comes to black people, then it's, well, we'll help everybody and then you'll get a piece. Like, you know, it's always like that kind of stuff. So that's how they, that's how we get done. And, and it's because we allow it. We need to start putting people's feet to the fire and saying, if that's not good enough. You know, yeah. th that's not good enough. And so if you got to wear a mask, take a mask off, whatever you got to do to get what you what we got to get, we got to we got to do that. Yeah. So that dude was on the breakfast club saying this. Yeah. 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 So I find that he was playing respectability politics in the sense that he wanted to get his black card up again. Right. By um, going on there. Right. And so he goes on that talk show. And kudos if, to them. Um, kudos to uh, for uh, Charlemagne for asking the question. Because, yes, you know, and then yeah. sticking with it too. That made him stutter, and, you know, because he he thought he was just going to come on there and say his BS and breeze on out of there. 
Right. He didn't rehearse. He didn't rehearse for that. Like you know how they practice their questions before. He didn't rehearse for that one. He wasn't prepared. No. Right. And that's the, the the interesting part too because um just uh like earlier um today as well like I, I read this article um by Serena Williams and it said that um white men treat women better than right. black than than, than yeah. black men. And so for me, just that statement alone, and from who it, like, it came from, it was very, very much a, like, so there's a lot of truth on the surface level in that. And it was a very, very um, disturbing statement for me because I think that even a, a lot of black people are not in awareness as to why, if the, you know, if, if it's a fact in your life, why that might be, or what is basically, what is contributing to that, to that aspect of society. Why is it that, um, white men have seem to have an easier time or, or easier way of just being and in, in, in contrast to a black brother who is in relationship with uh with, with a with a queen with a, with a black sister well you i do i have something to say about that mm-hmm. okay say it brother okay that's bullshit that white men treat <laughs> black black that treat women better that's just bullshit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think sometimes when some sisters do go with a white guy they go with mm-hmm. uh, a white guy who, who is like a lot of times the brothers they go with, they go with asshole brothers. So if you go with a, uh, if you go with an, an uh, if that's what your choice of black men is, that's what you're gonna get out of it. And so, huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So I think sometimes that's what happens. If you look at her track record, it's her specifically, the guys that she went mm-hmm. after. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, what do so you expect? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Is that who we're? I'm sorry, say it again. Are we talking about Serena right now? Yes. Well, we're talking about Serena, but you can use her as a, as well, a. But uh, no, but no, that is one thing we will not jerk versus. She said that was specific to her situation. She didn't say. I'm talking about her specific situation. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not negating what you're saying, Kente. But the problem with uh, articles and then putting them out there, usually the tagline is misleading or deceptive, and that's what happened. That's no different than the Tina Knowles situation. Now, don't get me wrong. There was the way she handled that on TV that might have come off disruptive. But the point is, that was an advertisement for the Black Love segment. So, of course, their ratings went up for that. There is a way to promote something to the opposition of that people were on that bandwagon. What Serena said is very specific to her. Case in point, I've never dated outside my race. But mm-hmm. I know there are good men and donkey holes in every race. So... <laughs> There is no reason for anyone to make a astronomical, asinine comment and say that some race is better than the other. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to support black men. Down yeah, right <laughs> to the core, whether they dogs or not, because I see potential and promise in each and every one of them. I'm not going to talk about them in a negative way that puts light on someone else's race because my father is black. Hopefully the man I marry is black. The children we bring into this world through birth or adoption will be black. And that mm-hmm. is who I am. I am not in opposition to anyone else because I love all people, but I am mm-hmm. black first and foremost. And therefore, 
anything I say about you as a man or another woman who is black like me will be uplifting. But that article, that tagline jerked that whole thing out of context. Mm-hmm. Now, black men may not been able to handle Serena and mm. not saying that she met every black man because I know there are some strong, able-bodied men who are able to. But we also have to look at the circle in which she travels in. So therefore, she may not have met men who were even interested in her that were black. Mm. So we also have to consider those things as well. Everybody's circle looks different. Sometimes who you attract is not necessarily is available to you. So I'm with her. I support her. I support what she's got going on. I believe in love and the possibilities of it. However, in my daily prayers, I do ask God for a black man. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I just want to add... um, um, Kinto, uh, if you're able to see who's in the room, because like we don't, we're not able we to, can you give him a quick shout out? So like, we sure, uh, I'll do that. Um, I see Ryan, I see Frazier, I see. I feel like romper room. Uh, you probably guys don't know about that. Uh, I see Vet, I see Don, I see Carter, I see Patricia A. Murray. What up? I see Doctor oh Vibe. I see Zavara. Uh, hey, Zavara. Zavara. Welcome, Rasta. Take the spot, Zavara. I see Tania and Rayanne just came into the chat. Hey, hey what's up, Ray? What's up, girl? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, let me say something real quick, um, LA, because I've seen Kente's face and I know my cult well enough. Kente, <laughs> no way, shape, or form was I dismissing anything you said. I think everything you said was valid, and I want to mm. honor what you said. But I said what I said because we as black women, the moment mm-hmm. we step outside of our circle of comfort, according to society, we are held to the state. Now, don't get me wrong. Black women got comments about black men dating white women. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. If that's who you like, I love it. Um, Because I'm not trying to get with every black man in America or in the <laughs> world. So I know that they all are going to have their own preferences. But I think on every topic that relates to Serena, and this could go for any other black woman, but she gets scrutinized on every single thing she does she says she wears she dates her birthing option everything she does is scrutinized so we have to remember who the product of this article was written on and the person who wrote it wrote that tagline specifically so we could sit at the table and talk about it that was a good good editorial tip whoever they did well navarro welcome we can't see you but i'm sure we can hear your voice if you speak um, and if you aren't going to speak, that's okay right now. I just wanted to talk to Carter. I wanted to acknowledge that Carter wrote, the reality is that white men are more deceptive and, and these black women fall for the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, when I can say this made a comment, I lost what it said. Um, fall for this bullshit. If we are to be real. If we are to be real, I think it is. Yeah. So um, what do you think? White men are more deceptive? more deceptive i think it speaks to what uh shannon is saying is that you can't attribute these things just to a race but at the same time i find it fascinating just talking about elephants in the room mm-hmm. i find there's elephants popping up all over the the, the messages here mm-hmm. where somebody don was like um, don he likes kinte. kinte he was saying to kinte yeah. i like kinte because he does not talk about race he just goes about his daily business with confidence and clarity my question, Don, is what's wrong with talking about race and why are you saying thank you 
as if that's a compliment to not talk about race. Um, this is a conversation about race. So I don't understand why we wouldn't talk about the thing that is very apparent in all of our lives and that we struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis. I do talk, I I do talk about race too, by the way. I do I talk about race, but... He was going. He probably talks about it. He probably just don't talk to Don about it. Mm. Okay. No, I do talk about race, but respectability politics because that's what this show is about. Is there are certain conversations that we have? Obviously, we have them um, with some people and not with others, and there's a reason mm. for that. Mm. There's a reason why some people don't have a conversation about race with people because maybe yeah. they don't think they can hear it or understand it because we're coming from our so, living. No, I, no, I, I think I think he hasn't been in the room when I have been, but I do talk about things with confidence and clarity. That's for sure. He does so, not care about race. I, is Don a white man? I can't. See yeah, yeah, he's from uh, he's from Denmark. Don is from Denmark. The fact that somebody can even say that they don't care about race is a mm -hmm. privilege. Yeah, because we can't say that because our lived day to day experience is based on how we show up, mm -hmm. how we just be. <laughs> we can't change that. Um, I guess that's a, a privilege to you, Don, and, and more power to you. But you may want to consider some of the things that you're hearing so that in spite of the fact that you may not have that, that understanding that race may not matter to you, the people that you may be interacting with, it matters to them. Yeah. It's a lens that they work through this life with. And so interacting with you mm -hmm. um, is going to get you. I can't, I get it. I care about a person's attitude, but a person's attitude, like say my own, will be filtered by the fact that I'm treated a particular way just because I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. And while we can definitely have conversations about just who we are as people, I'm treated a different way just because I'm black. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you have that experience. And it's not important necessarily mm -hmm. for you to you give up no no like see it's not about giving up sweetie it's about understanding it's about understanding that i have an experience that's different than yours and yeah. that you can acknowledge that about my experience it's just as bad as it being blatant in my face because it makes me silence myself when i can't speak fully about my life experience to somebody i'm trying to communicate with and also that's, that's a good point uh, they got, and I like the fact that we have this space because all voices are welcomed. And I think, Don, so like the attitude that, that, that you have is something I think primarily we all strive for, to, you know, to, to be able to be in a place where we say, hey, I do not see race and whatnot. And to add to what Alay is saying as well. I all the races. Like, like, for me, to add to what Alay is saying as well, is like, yes, our experience has been tied to our, like, our race often. And so even when, to go back to the Serena article, because it's not just Serena that, um, it's not just Serena that basically like, um, is saying that. This is like a narrative that's being pushed as well by the media. So people could also like jump on and say, hey, yes, you're right. I have been mistreated by a lot of like black men. So therefore black men ain't shit and vice versa. So for me, I think that the, the privilege that that basically that you have in, in order to say that you know you you don't can, care about race can for I? me like as a as, as a black man there's a lot that basically like there's a lot of opportunities that i cannot obtain because yes it, it is um tied to my basically like my skin color and like can i i've been in, in the world go ahead can go i ahead. can i say something because um he says 
I could say the same thing about someone with a handicap. No, you can't. Yeah. Because there's not a system that was created to specifically hold handicapped people back. No, you're talking about individual prejudice. Prejudice and racism are two different things. We all are prejudiced to a certain degree. Racism is a system designed to hold black people specifically back. And you, some people will say, oh, well, what about Oprah and all of that? There's a, there are a few who goes through the cracks and all of that, but at the end of the day, they don't have no real significant power. They have individual wealth potentially, or they maybe individual have money. But at the end of the day, it's a system specifically aimed at black people. There is no system to, uh, to, to hold can, uh, handicapped people back. Okay. So I have friends who are, I have handicapped and it, so you're comparing being handicapped and black that come on now. That's not, I can fully, I can understand. Black is a handicap. <laughs> I can understand where you're coming from as you make it treated differently because you're black. I think it happens with it just in any culture race because it's the bad it's, it's the, the bad people who commit like crimes and things that like probably let the good people who are genuine down like for example it can maybe I think that's probably in any culture. There's the, there's always those people who will let your culture down because of the ones who just go out and maybe commit crimes. And when there's actually the, the genuine people who have done absolutely nothing wrong, yeah. but it's the people. It's like, for example, it's the youths of today. It doesn't matter what where they are in this country here, because of the laws and how they've changed them. You can't twenty thirty years ago you would if a kid or a youth would go out and t- uh, they cause vandalism. You go out and catch them. You just you, and you wouldn't just you give them a good stiff kicking because of how dare you go back because they're just destroying public property. But now because of the law, you can't touch them because you get in trouble and you've not done anything. But it's it's basically it's them. It's letting the society down because you can't touch them these days because of all the the. Yeah, I mean, or you can't harm, you can't do anything because it's not you. You're just trying to help. Fraser, I can't differentiate between what you're saying and who you're about, but I appreciate that it might be intimidating to have a conversation and that I know that you have a good heart and that you embrace Um, difference. That's that's definitely coming through. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what you're you're trying to say. Um, It's a cultural, it can be, it's it's horrible. It's not nice anywhere. It's horrible that you... Race is a difficult conversation to have, very, especially very. when you're speaking with people who are mm. not of the same race and yeah, trying no. to get them to understand the different mm. perspectives that the person who is melanated is experiencing. We're not asking for a validation mm. from anyone who is non-Black mm. to say, oh, what we're saying is true. No, no, no. what we're saying is speaking to our experience, so we don't need of validation course. for it, right? Yeah, so I just, And so... Um, how much did I miss? <laughs> Dre, you missed a lot. You missed a lot, Dre, man. Shannon is bursting. So, so can we just let Shannon have for a second here? Take and a breath. this is no, take a breath. This is no um against anyone who is non-black or identifies themselves as African American or a person of color. But I have had this conversation. I'm someone unfriend me 
um, and then later sent out a friend request again um, because I had made a comment about another senseless crime, another senseless murder at the hands of police. And what I responded when she said, we are all one race. We are all one human race and it should be about love. And I said, it absolutely should be about love. Mm -hmm. I said, however, you guys have always been the standard in society. So you don't even see the bigger picture, miss. It's all one human race. I said, and the unfortunate truth to it is you won't realize it until your biracial child, who they will see as black, not biracial. They never care nothing about them having a white mama. When they see your black son out in community and pull him over because maybe he has a nice car or they follow him in the store and she got offended. Wow. And I was like, you need to understand that this fight is all about Black people, yes, but it's about all of us. It will mm -hmm. eventually trickle down and affect every single soul. Those who are in a place of position and power don't want to talk about it. Case in point, I and I, I love history, so I'm here for it, mm -hmm. but I am sick and tired of honoring every other atrocity and being told to not forget and to remember the Holocaust mm -hmm. and the <laughs> Or on um, Native Americans and the war on this. But as soon as we talk about slavery, yes, as soon as we talk about robbing our heritage and, you know, stealing, because they didn't steal slaves. They stole kings and queens and artists and doctors and entrepreneurs. We became slaves when we got them. So when they tell us to, well, when are you going to get over that? When are you going to let that go? Yeah, I am asked to remember every other damn thing that happens in this world, but you want me to forget? That my <laughs> ancestors were shackled to ships. Forget and, and don't be angry about it. Forget we we just started getting slave museum in our own country where the atrocity happened, but every major city has a memorial to the Holocaust, which didn't even happen here. <laughs> so you asked me to forget what? Forget that you don't care about us. Forget that we mean nothing to you. We have built this country's infrastructure from the ground up why would i ever forget it, what my ancestors have done but it's not even just and, slavery though because after yeah. if it ended with slavery then maybe you could say something but then after slavery you had reconstruction you had jim crow you yes. had the civil rights movement yes. you had the tuskegee experience i mean you and go on and on and it still goes on so and it's not even no <laughs> right honey listen i don't even need the mule okay. just give me Land. Let me mind my business. Let, I want let my all mule. my friends who want to smoke. <laughs> I want my mule too. Without going to <laughs> I want my mule. You promised a mule. I want my mule. Give me two head. meals. I'll take Shannon's mule. <laughs> <laughs> In Canada, I pretend like my life is better than the Americans. I want to be like my grandparents. I want to plant something. I want to feel the earth. I want to watch it bloom. I want to be appreciative of what I put my hard heart and work into. But don't ever ask me to forget. Don't ever look at my face and say, oh, you still talking about that? Honey, people still do paperback in America. Oh I would God. not qualify because I am past the color of a paper bag. So please don't tell me anything. People are still getting lynched in America. Look at that guy from Empire. Like, 
a, a child in um the West Coast was on it was an article. So mm-hmm. you cannot tell me to get anything about my culture, about my about my ancestors, about American history. This is American history, but the person, the victor, the one who won, doesn't want to talk about the things that put them in a bad light, which is why we don't talk about, well, we just now acknowledging that Christopher Columbus didn't experience and actually find anything. It was already a found land. So <laughs> we don't want to talk about those things, those things that matter, those things that are real, the things that are true, the things that have impact and value because it puts the people who are in power in a bad light. Because they have to own up. It may not be you, my 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 brethren, but it was your ancestor who shackled, mm-hmm. who chained us, who whipped us, who mm-hmm. in, who had sex with so that they could have these light skinned babies. And now your football player cousin is up there hollering about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please oh, don't ask <laughs> Dre. I I think yeah. you came in because you want to add to this conversation. Well, Shannon, I, I don't. That. After, after Shannon, I don't know if there's much to add. <laughs> no, I don't think that at all. And I think that's that's the, the key. Like America doesn't want it to own up to that. They'll celebrate everybody else's atrocities, but when it comes to their own and trying to make the thing is, if they if they acknowledge it the way they should, they'll have right. to try to make it right. They're not trying to make yeah. anything right. They're just trying to move forward. But when yeah. they're moving forward, they're not make like we're still so far behind. That they can continue moving forward. We're always going to be continuing to try to catch up. There you yeah. go. We put up a lot of things on our Instagram account because it's a way of having a visual that kind of encapsulates the kind of things that we talk about in the room here. And one yeah. of the ones on at the Elephant Room TV that you'll find on IG is a picture of a bleeding fist of, and it said Black Lives Matter. And then the white hand is giving it a finger saying, and their hand says, all lives matter. And I think that's what we're kind of talking about here is that as soon as we try to put our issues on the table, it needs to encompass everybody and every disability and every sexuality and everything. And the, the black race has enough to carry on its own that it, those intersections that we all are a part of, while it also plays out into our experience, there's something very specific about being black, mm-hmm. which is the elephant in the room that that's what we need to keep on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope Don doesn't give up. I hope he doesn't walk away. I hope he has yeah. something to learn from that yeah. we all want it. Of course, we're all spirit beings having a human experience, mm-hmm. but the human experience that we are having is a black human experience. And that's very different from your experience, Don. And that's all we're here trying to give yeah. to those. And, kind and, of and race, race is a, a, such an uncomfortable Topic mm-hmm. to it talk is. about for those that are beneficiaries of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because you so, know what? To, think- hear, to hear somebody say that you're a racist, it sounds yeah. it sounds really harsh, it's but yeah. it's a continuum. It's not mm-hmm. like because you're a racist doesn't mean that you're hanging people from a tree. It could mean that you're taking part in the microaggressions at work. It could yeah. mean you are excluding people from certain opportunities. So yeah. there is a continuum that people fall on, and maybe there needs to be a nicer word to help them realize that about themselves. But it is what it but is. But you gotta own it. But you yeah. gotta own it, LA. And I'm, and I'm gonna take the extent of that because I remember sitting in church one day, and they were, and it was like visiting a church. I already had a church home, but somebody said, come to church with me. And I said, cool. And so 
they were passing out shirts to their visitors. And they challenged all their members to wear them that day. And I was just happened to be there that day. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to put this shirt on. But on the back of the shirt, it said, I am a hypocrite. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. And I will never forget walking in the store with that shirt on. And people kept asking me, well, what does that mean? I was like, we identify with so many titles, labels that are cushiony, that feel good, that sound good, that look good on paper, but we never want to own up to the things that don't sound good. No. I am a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. um, I am a murderer. I am a liar. I am a thief. You know, you, you own the things that you were or you've done, not because they are who you identify with. They are parts of your story. Right. You don't always have to be a racist person. Yeah. You experience the racist, racist moments in your life, and then you learn from them. Some people will always be racist, and that's fine. That is a choice. I, I am not no longer bound by the things that I've done in my life. You know, I have evolved into something different. Some people who get offended by the topic of being a racist, okay. it's because they don't want to change, and they don't want light to be shown on that. They are comfortable with um, calling folks in words and you know talking about people and you know using racial slurs and they put their money on that GoFundMe account to build a wall to keep immigrants out because they are okay with that and that's their business but when you identify well with what you've done that is where hidden happens that is where you can address the things that you know are not right and that takes maturity and a humility people are not willing walk into because ego and pride will walk straight into the grave. And people have a hard time letting go of and they cry. So I think this conversation is great and I love it. And I'm so glad I met you too, LA and Boogie. Can't say I wouldn't even have met y'all if I hadn't have been obedient to what I believe in. Me and Kente were talking about relationships because between black men and black women, we aren't having the conversation enough with each other. Let alone trying to have it with other people. Exactly. Our relationships are what are being oppressed, are mm. what is scarce. You know, yeah. I believe in Nikki Giovanni's uh, quote that black love it is wealth. Yes. And to me, you can more properly invest in your children, their education, their, their livelihoods, your communities, when you believe in that statement. There's nothing yeah. wrong with dating outside your race. There's nothing wrong with seeing other people. There's nothing wrong with having um, viewpoints outside of being your own black human being. But mm -hmm. if you don't acknowledge that there is a disparity in our community and that you can mm -hmm. be a solution in helping to address that, mm -hmm. sometimes that thing within your community, building within your community, marriage within your community, and birthing a new community within mm -hmm. that community, sometimes that's an ownership that many people don't want to face up to. So yeah. true. I know Boogie's gonna say something right now. Thank you, Shannon. I know you're gonna say something, but before you do, I just wanna park in lot my last comment before we're finished. About this no, not about that. It was about um you made me forget. <laughs> no, the last topic was about um uh the respectability politics between black people. That's so it, yeah. no, okay. That's no, you were gonna talk about the religion. No, thing. Where's the God? No. Okay, where's the God he said so <laughs> lying. Um, no, but <laughs> the the respectability politics between black people. Yes. And why I wanted to bring that up is because I okay. I work in a place where I have black supervisors. 
and you would swear that I work for the white man directly himself because <laughs> the, <laughs> sometimes what happens is what had happened was is that um, I'm having this experience of being colonized, and I always talk about that 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 um, video with the boxer. Yeah, I'm um, Deontay Wilder. When he got mad at the the black yeah. reporter. Radio Rahim. Radio Rahim. He's at Radio Rahim's asking the the boxer, "Why are you so angry?" And he's like, "What are you talking about, talking dude? About your people. We're talking about your people too. Your people too." He said yeah. over and over again, and I was just like, "Yo, I think I'm really angry, just like him, except mm-hmm. I don't say it like that." Mm-hmm. And what that showed me is we don't we're playing the respectability politics with each other, yeah. trying to gain access into positions of power and inclusion, mm-hmm. thinking that we're better than somebody. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I'm just lured by that. Mm-hmm. And exactly, like, um, I think it's, it's this need for survival. And like, um, I think, so the comment was mentioned early on about the set, like deceptiveness and everything. And I think that there's been this, like along with um, identities being stripped, now is that we're, we're squandering to survive in this uh, capitalistic system. And so now, whenever you get a space, uh, like a little bit of space for um, where you can breathe and just say, you know, you're good, you basically like, want to sh- ensure that it's like you keep... You this- circle the, the wagons. The and- wagons get circled and you're trying to keep it in. E- exactly. So they come, everybody's um, so focused on surviving and that's... Um, it's, it's bringing us down because it, it, it perpetuates this um, feeling of like black love is not there and blah blah blah, it, and how basically like a, a white like I'm saying I, I keep bringing it back to this, but how a white man could basically um, allow space for um, yeah. Well, she's saying I'm bitter. No, I'm not. I, I'm not bitter. I'm, I'm just I'm just speaking facts. <laughs> it's like um how basically like um one one um, group of people could allow space for you to just be. See, to kind of take Don's perspective, Don is able to be in this world because Don does not have that paradigm of skin color, like like working against them. So, so, so Don could be and be spontaneous and everything. <laughs> so it's like, for example, so for myself, let's say that, you know, I, I do feel like being spontaneous, all my good intentions and everything. Now, if I decide to be spontaneous, I got to choose where I'm being spontaneous in because that could cost me my life. And so it's a survival thing that, that we have like adopted. Like and, and then now it's like um I know, I know. I hate everybody too, Don. But <laughs> in the comments. It doesn't mean that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um like what you call is like I'm gonna read a excerpt that um that that we had found in regards of identity politics. Um it was like is it Evelyn Higginbottom? Oh yeah. Yeah, she, 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 told, she coined the term respectability politics. And it's, it's very, very, um, it says here, it says, internalized racism occurs when a person or a group that is a target of racism assumes a racist attitude towards members of the same group, including mm-hmm. themselves. It is a negative predictor of self-esteem. Internalized racism is an effect of internalized colonialism in which colonized people lose their identities and begin to value the same things as a colonizing society. So that, so like uh, in the case of um, like LA's workplace, 
because basically like we have you get to this place of power you now then basically like mimic the same um attributes that allowed you to get there and what that is doing is that it's now like our own oppression is, is in our hands so we are acting as our oppressors so so i guess like m- my question is like how then do we break from that like solutions oriented now how, like what are some 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 ways that we could learn to break from that as people? Like um, Dre, you have any, any input or Kente or Shannon? Go ahead, Dre, and I'll. Oh. I'll, I'll... Yeah, no, you can go ahead, Kente. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of y'all choose, Rob. Go right, ahead, Shannon. go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. I mean, I'm going to keep it short. I think the beauty is is in having those conversations, um, being, um, comfortable in uncomfortable moments, um. I think coming to the table of understanding, which LA, you said that earlier, but I think the shortest distance between two people will always be understanding. If you can talk about it um, in a safe place, um, that is where the, the conversation will lend itself to understanding and healing. Um, not necessarily you will not be frustrated because I mean, some topics will make you mad. Some topics mm-hmm. will be uncomfortable, but it's talking about it. Um, right. And that we just don't do enough. I mm-hmm. may talk to one or two people, but we don't talk in forums enough about it. Uh, we don't bring people to the conversation to hear us talk about it. Um, and can I add to that, Shannon? I think <laughs> add to anything. And, <laughs> and add, um, just to add to that, um, as we close the conversation, have uh, smart, actionable steps to move forward. See yeah. how we can make things better. You know, because mm-hmm. I got like, you know, we, we, we live in a, a, a time now where politicians like to talk and we mm-hmm. vote these people in the office based on what they're saying, not necessarily based on what they're doing. So uh, th- having a conversation is important. Um, that's one of the, the best ways to hopefully create some kind of empathy in people that you want to feel at least what you're so- somewhat feeling. Uh, yeah. And then having action steps afterwards that we can move forward and say, now that we've had this conversation, um, hopefully in 10 years, we don't have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But for that to happen, we need to have action steps now to take. So right. we may have this, have this conversation like four or five more times, mm-hmm. but hopefully yeah. the fifth time, the problem will be solved. Right. But that's real talk. That's the difference between that and politicians. Politicians like to sweet talk. Yeah. They're on crap mm-hmm. and feed it to who are ignorant to the truth? Yeah. We need real talk, and real lives, and real hearts at the table mm-hmm. to discuss real yeah. topics, and then mm-hmm. hopefully come to an understanding of real solutions that can be put mm-hmm. into practice. Because if you yeah. aren't part of the problem, you are part of the solution, right? Yeah, love it. You know, and a big part about that, Shannon, just to also to add, um, what do we want to see happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't we can't really even talk about solutions if we don't have a clear vision of what we want to see happen as well. So we got to say, you know, this is what we want to see happening. This is what it's going to take for us to get there. So we'll, we'll continue to talk about the problem, talk about the solution, uh, reiterate the vision, and have action steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I better get y'all a drink. I think I think black people chase inclusion is a mistake. Um, mm. we, you should chase power and empowerment. And through your power and your empowerment, you will force your seat at the table. Mm-hmm. We want so badly, like the whole Oscar so white, um, just give us a role, give us a 
get can if they could like I was watching this thing where all these black people were talking about oh things have changed now in Hollywood so they're going to start giving us opportunities they do that every 10 years no you know what we need to get to a point where we say you know what we have to create our own institutions our own Hollywood or whatever you want to call it and stop worrying about they it's not in their best interest to empower you you know yeah. it's actually exactly. so why oh, yeah. would they empower you so they can so you can take over so you have to think <laughs> like that so so we need to what we need to do is we need to change the paradigm of how we see success and being successful and what it is that we're we're after when we we have to just stop being after a job or some sort of validation yeah. we have to be we have to be yeah. after our own thing and, and our own power and if we can develop that mentality within our community then that would change a lot mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. a great note to close off i just okay. wanted it's probably like another conversation completely there's so many things that we want to talk about and that's the point of this of this platform is Mm -hmm. so that we can engage in more of these kind of conversations Mm -hmm. so i just want to give a shout out to to don who actually Mm -hmm. you know in being who he is Mm -hmm. he's allowed for us to have a conversation that took a deeper cut and that's the point so no it's real I, Mm -hmm. i thank you so much for being honest um and for allowing us to go there because we still play these respectability politics with ourselves Mm -hmm. the idea of pedigree within our community of the upper and the lower these are the things that make us judge one another and put each other Mm -hmm. down and keep us separated so i'm grateful for this conversation i'm grateful for um, all of the people that came into the room today i don't know you don't have to do the the romper room and shout everybody out that you see but um, the new people today, and I just want to acknowledge you and that if you're in the room and we didn't see you or hear you shout out, um, we thank you for coming in to join us. We're going to be moving into a bigger platform um, by doing live town halls in conjunction with the online platform. So in our next show next week, we'll give you more information because that platform will this how we're doing it right now is about to change and expand. And we're really excited to be mm-hmm. partnering with the University of Toronto's Black Student Association and the Black Grad Student Association mm-hmm. to really bring light to the things that we need to talk about and to preference these solutions. So thank you um, all for joining us. Boogie, you have something to say? Um, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at the Elephant Room TV. So that the Elephant Room TV all together. And um, so I'm, I'm going to give my handle, and then after that, um, the wonderful LA is going to give a, yeah, the best for last. So my handle is at Mike, M-I-C underscore truth. So T-R-U-T-H. So truth? at Mike. Yeah, Mike Truth. Truth, truth or is it truth? <laughs> ah, <okay>. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Mike Truth. And um, LA? What are, what are your handles? I'm at, this is LA Wade. Um, I'm at la wade six on twitter um this is la wade on instagram i have a website this is la and um there's so many platforms and, for these things and I mean, can i can i uh can i end it with a toast yeah but i also want you to shout out yeah, what please. you're doing and the show that you guys have mm-hmm. it's really important to share this information oh yeah that's right um 
Me and Shannon, we're doing uh, Men and Women Talk tomorrow's Venus show tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Boogie will be on that show. We're talking about Valentine's yeah. Day. So we're going to be talking about love will be in the air. I think Cupid is uh, showing up, too, on that show tomorrow night. So please make sure you guys check it out. Um, and uh, and I want to give a, a toast uh, to uh, more black, dark-skinned babies. There you go. Hey, hey, <laughs> baby soup. Shit, we on this shit. That's an inside joke for those of you who just are joining us to why I continue yeah. That uh, some clowns were here for it. babies being so happy that they're being born. It's a, it's a, you'll see it on our page. If you go to our page, yeah. you'll see what we're talking about. And yo, keep the conversation going, guys. So, like, um, share the page. Uh, when we repost, share the conversation, and then like add your inputs to the comment section too, because like, we want to keep engaging. This is an ongoing thing. This like it's our conversation as a community. So, like, we got to keep this going, and conversation and actions. Dre, did you want to say something? Right here's a podcast too. That's right. Yeah, Thursdays at eight p.m. This not this Thursday because it's um, Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. but every Thursday eight p.m. here on uh, Get Vocal and YouTube and Facebook. You know, Dre is such a nice dude. I I, I, when I watch his show, I feel like I'm a mean person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a jerk because he's like such a good guy and all of that. I need to be nicer, I guess. Yeah. He's so therapeutic. Oh. It, it's a part of his background and his training. He is very therapeutic. Yeah, you right. on us are a phone cold heathen. <laughs> <laughs> he tells it like it is. He tells it like it is. Wow. <laughs> when life makes you uncomfortable, there's nothing like comfort food to save the day. Like my $4.99 sourdough patty mal combo. You get 100% beef with grilled onions and two types of melty cheese on toasted sourdough, plus fries and a drink. And at $4.99, it's the perfect remedy for the most uncomfortable things in life, like close talkers, flying in the middle seat, tight pants, crowded elevators, clowns, and guys named Ronald. There's just something about that name. For comfort food at an even more comfortable price, try my $4.99 sourdough patty mal combo. Only at Jack in the Box. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Small fries and small drink. My new $4.99 sourdough patty melt combo with two types of melty cheeses is the perfect comfort food for the uncomfortable things in life, like guys named Ronald. There's just something about that name. Try my $4.99 sourdough patty melt combo. Only at Jack in the Box. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Small fries and small drinks.